Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back with the second half of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, joined as always by Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, what did you think of uh, JT O'Sullivan and uh, that little interview we had there? I I always enjoy his stuff. Uh, I, I watch his channel a lot. Uh, as people from the who go to the website know, I, I do a lot of film rooms. I have no clue what it's like being a quarterback. I've never played quarterback outside of backyard football. Uh, So for me, I started watching his film before he was doing college breakdowns on the quarterbacks. I was watching his stuff on like how quarterbacks read the defense. Uh, Why do quarterbacks do this? Why do you see this coverage uh, like breakdown things and, and pass protection? Oh, he has so many videos on there. Uh, I don't know if people know this. The QB school was originally designed to help young quarterbacks learn to play the quarterback position better. He has a lot of courses designed for that, uh, which if you know someone who's a young quarterback or wants to get better playing quarterback, sure, yeah, hook them up with that. But also, if you just want to learn more about football from a quarterback perspective, it's a great channel. There's all kinds of things on there. And his his film rooms on this uh on this quarterback class are incredible. He has over 12 hours of film on, on the major guys. Uh, he has, he has like four episodes on Mac Jones. Uh, he has two hours of film work on, on Zach Wilson. And if you join his Patreon, he has even more, he does full game breakdowns. It's incredible. Uh, so he is a great resource for that kind of quarterback idea. And you don't get hot takes. You don't really get rankings as much as we even saw here. He's not really as much into ranking the quarterbacks as just breaking down their film and showing, Hey, on this play, they did this badly on this play. They did this really well. And you'll, it's, it's really great to see 
what the quarterbacks actually play like and get an idea because he'll cover you know what the offensive concepts are, what the defense is doing, uh, what you would expect the quarterback to do, or what you would expect from an offense with this design. It's it's really fascinating, really good, good stuff to watch, and it's helped me a lot understand uh, how quarterbacks view the game for when I'm breaking down film. So I loved it, uh, and I I love I love most of the things he does, but uh, the the Ben Roethlisberger, his take on Ben Roethlisberger was was phenomenal. Uh, if you if you haven't seen it, uh, go to the QB School on YouTube and search for his episode on Ben Roethlisberger. One of the great things he shows in there is Ben Roethlisberger throwing plays where he's like, all right, if you look at the defense, like, and you look at this play, the open throw is this guy. And instead Ben Roethlisberger throws to this guy for a touchdown. Like, and you shouldn't make that throw. It's not the throw you should make when you see the defense and you see that, but he just does it. And he says in there, he's like, but that's just big Ben doing big Ben things. And it stood out to me that that, yeah, that is, that is Ben Roethlisberger making plays where he shouldn't make plays and then it also helps explain why some days when his accuracy isn't fully there or he's just not having quite as great of a game, uh, he's making horrible plays. He's making the same throws. It's just to the other team because he doesn't have it that day. And, and I can't stress enough. How often are you getting film breakdown from someone who's played in the NFL for over a decade? Like you're not finding that anywhere else. So uh, as much as we plug behind the steel curtain, if you want some great quarterback breakdown, make sure uh, you're following JT, the quarterback school. He is giving you a ton of information. But uh, as for us, we know a thing or two about quarterbacks and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I would hope. Uh, Jeffrey, as we sit here today, do you think this team will end up uh, drafting another quarterback uh, in a couple weeks' time? I don't think they do. Mm. I, I don't think they do. I think they really are high on Mason Rudolph. Uh, and as, as JT was plugging Dwayne Haskins, he's high on him. There's potential there. There is, there's much more potential, I think there than when some of the other, you know, projects we've picked up, uh, and kind of given a shot, he's got talent. It's still there. It's, it's whether he's able to put it together and get it going inside of the Pittsburgh offense. Yeah. You know what? My kind of bold take on this one. I feel like if if he becomes an undrafted free agent, that being Ian Book, I think they might try to look to bring him in, not necessarily to be the next great quarterback, just because they've talked about adding someone. And Ian Book is a guy, I believe he ran like a 4-3-9 at Notre Dame's Pro Day, and they could look to do what the, the Patriots did with Julian Edelman or the Steelers once did with Heinz Ward, these guys that were quarterbacks before and moving them out to receiver positions. Do you think the Steelers could opt to, to go a, a route like that and try to pick someone up with a athletic upside that could transition another spot just to try to may, maybe fill two holes at the same time? I think with a with a guy like Matt Canada as offensive coordinator, you can't rule it out uh, because that's the kind of player that you could put in like they tried to do with, with Josh Dobbs where they put him in for certain running plays. Uh, you could do that with an Ian Book, but you could also use him you know, if he shows he can play other positions, you could use him in other ways and still have the option of him throwing the ball. Uh, it would, it, it's a, it's a definitely a possibility. I think it's a guy that you could pick up late and kind of take a wild card on. So we, we did talk a, a bit about Ben Roethlisberger in the first part here. Um, I'm curious, we did ask JT how, how long we thought uh, Ben would play, but uh, I'm curious your thoughts on this one. It, do you think this really is the swan song for Benjamin Todd or Roethlisberger, or is he uh, is he coming back for more? 
I think he will play more. I, I, I just, he's a football player. I mean, you watch how he plays the game. He, he loves the game. He lives and dies on the field. He, he's just a football player and I don't think he's ready to hang it up. I don't know when he will be. Uh, but I, I think we've got at least two seasons out of him. Now, with this, do you think Ben Roethlisberger could be a guy that just plays until the Steelers say, "Look, Ben, you don't have it anymore. You're done." Is that is that kind of what we're kind of looking at here? I think he has people around him that will tell him that. Uh, I I because he seems like if you watch the uh, bigger than Ben like oh, little yeah. YouTube series he put out, uh, he trusts people to tell him, "Hey." You know, you're not doing it. You need to shut it down. You need to, you know, this is the process you need to go through. You're too banged up. You know, uh, I think if it comes down to the point for me, for me with that, I think it will be the point where his injuries, where he's physically not able to handle the workload, where he's physically not able to do it enough. And I, I think at that point, he's got people that will tell him, hey, you know, it's time to shut it down. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I definitely agree with that as well. Um Heck, I think we were talking about it the other day, but if Ben Roethlisberger were to even win a Super Bowl this year, I'm not sure if, if he's uh, if he's hanging his cleats up for that either. I think there, there's something to be said for uh, Ben or Terry Bradshaw having four, and that that might try to drive Ben to try to match the the all time leader uh, when it comes to this franchise. Do you think that's a uh, reasonable to expect, or if lightning struck and the Steelers are hoisting a Lombardi, would this be uh, would that make a, a swan song for Ben? I think that would, because I think he seen how Jerome Bettis went out. Uh, but but if Ben thought we could win another one, he like <laughs> he'd be like, you know what, we're gonna go get another one. We're gonna go get number four. I could see him also doing that. Like, uh, yeah, he he. In my opinion, Ben is just that guy. He's gonna keep playing until he can't. Uh, until he just can't make throws. I remember when Hines Ward said he was gonna play until he couldn't outrun it, until he couldn't run away from defenders anymore. Uh, and then he played well past that. <laughs> yep. He played two seasons past that. Um, that's that's kind of how I view Ben. I think Ben's going to play until the people he trusts tell him, hey, it's, it's, you're done. You really need to stop. Yeah, I, I can I can totally see that happening as well. Now, before we kind of move on to the other quarterbacks, I, I'm curious to know what, what you think on this. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, of course, has two Super Bowl rings. Two out of three. Uh, been the three, of course. Do you think that's more impressive to do in the free agency era where you typically teams win the Super Bowl and the talent kind of just immediately kind of spills spills out because their their contract value skyrockets? Do you think two to three is as equal as, as four for four back in an era before free agency even existed? No. No, it's still it's still the same, in my opinion. Uh, because while the Steelers had that team together for so long, Dallas Cowboys did too. The Oakland Raiders had really good teams and they kept those teams together. So you were, you're facing off against teams that know you like they were, they were facing teams that knew them, that that they had bad blood between them. And it's a lot of the same players. It's really hard to go in and consistently beat someone who knows you as we know with the Ravens and Steelers, even if one team's clearly better, it's still a tough, tough win. Uh, so for me, the changes and the differences, they kind of offset. And uh, I think it's I think it's just about as impressive in either any any era. Now, before we even get to uh, training camp and 
figuring out where Dwayne Haskins stands. Do you, do you have any opinion on uh, who you think will end up being the number two to Ben Roethlisberger this year? Is it clear cut that this is Mason Rudolph? Is Dwayne Haskins just a, a camp arm per se, or is there something uh, really kind of brewing here at that backup quarterback spot? I say, I think it's, I think it's going to be Mason Rudolph. Uh, Simply because I think you're going to have to see Mason Rudolph struggle for Dwayne Haskins to get a chance. Uh, just same way Devlin Hodges had to. The Steelers have an investment in Mason Rudolph. They have almost no investment at all in Dwayne Haskins. He's going to have to really outplay Mason Rudolph to take Mason Rudolph's job. This is not at all a fair competition. This is not a straight up, you know, whoever's better wins that job. It's not going to be that. Dwayne Haskins has to really outplay Mason Rudolph to take that spot from him. I completely agree with you on that one. And I guess when we even look further ahead to 2022, Ben Roethlisberger will be a free agent, as will Mason Rudolph. Dwayne Haskins will be a restricted free agent. So that that basically means if he if he makes a team this year, uh, that tender I'm sure will be picked up, uh, especially because of original round tender. Uh, would cost significantly less because he, of course, he is that first round pick. Now, who do you kind of foresee being the the, the quarterback in 2022, a year from now? Could that person potentially not even be on the roster as we sit here today? Um, if I had to set odds for it, I would go, I'm going to go 40% Ben Roethlisberger, 50% chance it's Mason Rudolph, and 10% chance it's Dwayne Haskins. I don't think it's going to be anyone off the roster because I really don't think the Steelers add anyone this season. So let's just say there's a world a world where this Russell Wilson trade talk explodes again or or any quarterback or say Matt Ryan gets released because Atlanta drafted a quarterback this year. Could they kind of dive into that market if someone is available that is kind of viewed as a franchise type guy? I don't think so. I don't think the Steelers would. That's kind of not their move. That's kind of like really not the Steelers' move. They like taking a guy and having him for his whole career. Um, I I wouldn't see it. I can't see them, especially if it's a trade. I really can't see them trading uh, because a trade for a veteran quarterback is kind of a like you're creating a three- or four-year window uh, because you're missing out on a lot of picks to develop beyond that. And so you're like, we're here now and we're going to really invest in this team the next two or three, three or four seasons. And then you're, you know, what's after that? You don't know. And that's a good point as well, because when it comes to drafting these guys, we're seeing this year, the top quarterbacks, potentially guys that shouldn't be first round picks will be selected possibly in the top five. Will this team ever be bad enough? to get one of these top quarterbacks or is that going to kind of be the thorn in the, in the side of this team until potentially this defense starts to break apart or who even knows what happens down the road, but will they, will they ever be bad enough to get a quarterback that is viewed as one of the top of a draft class? Well, they've done it before. I mean, uh, Ben Roethlisberger fell to him. Uh, I could see a quarterback falling the, the way quarterbacks are now. You know, as many as are being taken, there's still more that are falling. And the league really, in, in all honesty, is more forgiving. Like, you, if you if you picture the league back in 2004 to 2008, and you put this current Ben Roethlisberger in that league, he wouldn't cut it. Like, the physical abuse would be too much for him. Like, he can go in right now and not get hit much. You couldn't do that 
uh, reliably back then. It's 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 a much easier league for young quarterbacks to develop, in my opinion. Uh, it's a lot less punishing when you have a quarterback that is a little bit slow because they just don't have that experience. It, it's not as harsh for them, and I think that really, really helps to let these quarterbacks develop, whereas other times you would have a quarterback who, you know, maybe they could develop into a really good quarterback, but they're not going to get the chance. Like you think of like a David Carr in Houston who was really talented or or even Tim Couch in Cleveland where they had those talent. They had the talent. They just never really developed because they were under fire from the moment they came in. They never really had a chance. I, I don't see it as bad in the current NFL. And so I think you can find quarterbacks a little later, and I think they eventually will, uh, but you'll probably be a lot like the last time you'll have some really good starters in there. You'll have some solid guys. Uh, you're not likely to get a transition straight from Ben Roethlisberger to, you know, the next franchise quarterback. With that being said, we know ben, er, Mike Tomlin was at Ohio state's pro day, uh, getting buddy buddy with Justin Fields, who perhaps could be, the guy that ends up slipping down the draft board. Of course, JT O'Sullivan has him as his number two, as you heard earlier in this podcast. But say a guy like that, or Trey Jones, or Trey Lance, rather. I'm I'm combining names here. But uh, say someone slips to like 10, 11, 12 in that range. Could you potentially see the Steelers making a trade up because someone uh, slides back in that kind of top 10 to where the Steelers might have enough capital to move up for a quarterback? Is this the year to do it, or is that just something they need to wait on? That would be that would be harsh. Um, doing that would create a lot of issues, I think, inside the team. Um, because you've got Ben. Like, you've got holes, too. You need a center. You have these other needs. That would be a big... That'd be a big sign to me that the Steelers don't really want Ben. Like they're like, "Oh, he's back this season." <laughs> okay, I guess we'll uh guess we'll live with that. But you know, like that would be that kind of sign to me that they're already checked out on Ben Roethlisberger and they're looking for the next guy. I know a lot of Steeler fans would love that because a lot of Steeler fans have made that. They've checked out on Ben Roethlisberger and they're like, "Well, we're not winning one with him. Let's move on to the next guy." Uh I think I don't think they'd get that past the owner. Um, as, as you know, consistently said, Rooney's are all in. They are ride or die with Ben Roethlisberger. And I don't think a trade up trading valuable draft picks to get a quarterback while Ben Roethlisberger is still playing. I, I don't think Rooney would go for that. Kind of transitioning a, a little bit away from the quarterback centric stuff here. Do you think this team, and again, I know I've asked you this a couple times in the past, but as we get close to the draft, I want to keep keep bringing it up. Is there any more clarity on what's going to happen when the Steelers are on the clock at 24, 55, et cetera? Or is it still just kind of a confusing mess because of how many holes this team has? I don't – it's not super clear. It's. I think there's there's positions we know aren't going to be addressed, uh, but I think I think it's opened back up quite a bit. I mean, inside linebacker, cornerback, uh, center, offensive tackle, running back. For goodness sakes, tight end could be on there if the right people fall. Uh, quarterback. You know, there's to me looking at the draft. There's so many 
first round talents that you would rate as being worth a 24, 24th pick uh, that we're going to get one. We're going to get a good talent at that spot. And I think the Steelers have positioned themselves well to take whoever it is, whoever it is in that spot. And uh, so I, I think it's kind of still up for grabs. It's just, it's going to be based on who falls. You know, that's kind of my bold take of this draft process. Because when you look at what the Steelers historically like to do, they like to their first round picks to be someone whose pro day they attended. And they like drafting underclassmen. And when you look at that like nine team list of, uh, of, of pro days that the Steelers did attend, they're plus factoring out that kind of that age thing. Really, there is not many names at all that, that could realistically be that number 24th overall pick and kind of leads me to believe that they're not exactly going to follow their traditions, which this offseason they haven't done a lot. My kind of bold take for this draft is someone's ridiculous is going to fall. Someone that shouldn't be there at 24 is going to be because there's going to end up being five quarterbacks and there's going to end up being X amount of uh, a lot of receivers and some inside linebackers and pass rush. Uh, when you start to add it up, especially if a couple running backs were to go before the Steelers, Someone silly is going to be there, be it a Christian Derrissaw or Caleb Farley. Both happen to be Virginia Tech guys, but guys that shouldn't be there at 24. Is that, is that something you feel like is a, is a real possibility as well? Absolutely. I also think like mock drafts, we've, we've, we're told before the mock draft season started, right? They were saying, hey, guys, you know, NFL teams and mock drafts, this is going to be rough because there's so little knowledge there's so much less access for the media and for and for fans, and there's so much less film on these guys and games being played and games being missed that NFL teams are going to have different grades than than mocks, even more than usual, which it's a pretty high level of difference already. And yet, we're really again buying in to the mock drafts. So, in my opinion, uh, my prediction is. My bold prediction for the first round is there's going to be four to five picks before the Steelers that were like, whoa, no one saw that coming. And so I think someone's going to fall. And I, I bet the Steelers might even pass on someone that fans are like, how can they pass on that guy? How can they possibly pass? On? But just they have more access than us. And they're like, nope, cross him off. We're going to do someone else. Uh, I also feel like I should bring up when Tomlin and Colbert go to a pro day and they visit with a first round pick and they talk to them, that can go bad. They can walk out of the room and say, not that guy, you know, even if they're like saying good things to the guy, cause you don't want to be in for talking to him in his face and be like, Hey, we're not going to draft you. We don't like you personally. Like <laughs> we don't like your parents. We don't like your family. We don't like your hometown and we don't like you get out of here. They're not going to do that. Right, So you're not going to hear, oh, they didn't like this guy. But they may be like, hey, we went to their pro day, we saw them, we talked to them, everything, and we decided, no, we're going to go in a different direction. There's, I just, it's, there's so much chaos this year. I am excited to see how the draft plays, off, plays out, and I think it's going to surprise people. I, I completely agree with that. I think there's going to be some names where people are like, who? I thought that was a fourth-round pick. It ends up going in the first round, and someone that – People thought it was a deadlock for the first round, completely sliding out of the, the first or even second round completely. All of that kind of makes sense to me. But when we look at the Steelers right now specifically, and 
I, I guess historically they like to bring a, a ton of players in for visits and you, you see it obviously year in, year out. And in a COVID world, it, it just isn't possible. And there's these zoom meetings that uh, we hear about. And a couple times now, I, I know Zayvon Collins and both Najee Harris have been on record and said the entire Steelers staff has been sitting there on zoom to interview them. To me, that kind of just says like, yeah, they're probably doing that with everyone they're doing these zoom meetings for. So it might not necessarily be as special as I think some people want to make it. But with all that being said, and where I'm trying to get to is for some reason, it feels like Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert have been like the stars of the NFL offseason. It seems like their kind of coverage and the amount they've been talked about is crazy from prospects saying how much they love their meetings to media gushing over them. It really is kind of insane, really, when you think about it, how much they've been talked about. What do you think this stems from, and why are Tomlin and Colbert so popular? I, I absolutely love the press they're getting and the talking about them. Because if you think about this draft class, this draft class, excuse me, is the one they know like the least about. So you are likely to get more picks going to the wrong teams, guys going to teams that don't fit them. You are likely to see this draft class have more turnover. We're already seeing the NFL young guys changing teams more frequently. We're already seeing that. And for this draft class, that could be bigger. To have Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert have so many talented young players be like, oh, man, love the Steelers. Had a great talk with Mike Tomlin. Like, you know, like they'd love to play for the Steelers. That could be a very big deal if some of these guys fall. If some of these guys that should be like a fourth-round pick end up not getting drafted. Or if they go to training camp and a year from now, they're cut. You know, if they're cut, the Steelers can swoop in. And and if you have that relationship, when Mike Tomlin comes and says, man, sorry the draft didn't work out, but we'd really like you to be a Steeler. And you have that thought from your head from when you were there being like, oh, man, I love talking to Mike Tomlin. And I went to this team and it was awful. Nothing worked out. and It didn't fit. I'm going to go to the Steelers. I absolutely love it because there's so much more of the college recruit game, right, going on in the NFL right now. Where you saw Marlon Humphreys being like, Juju, you didn't reply to me. I tried to make a pitch to get you to come to the Ravens. That's college football stuff. That is straight-up college football stuff. It is spreading into the NFL. It is going to be more prevalent. So so for me, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert investing time and energy to be the people that these players want to play for has a lot of value. Now, before we get to the super chat that's uh, in our comments here, I, I do want to ask you, I feel like this draft – might there might be a team that ends up like the 74 Steelers that gets four Hall of Fame players because they just nail it because they're so on it because we don't know a lot about this draft class and if someone really kind of dials in and just get, gets it perfect they could be that team that that's having one of those historic classes that sets you up for multiple championships on the flip side of that I think we could see a lot of teams wind up with nothing uh, is there concern that the Steelers might be the team that that has nothing, or could they uh, could they make lightning strike twice and uh, have another Hall of Fame filled draft class? I'd, I'd go closer to them having a really good draft class this year, in my opinion, um, mostly because of the staff they have in place. 
uh, we like to talk about the Steelers don't draft running backs and that they haven't had the best luck in finding running backs, but we have different coaches in place than we had then. Uh, we talk about the Steelers having no success driving, drafting cornerbacks, but we had trouble using cornerbacks until Terrell Austin came. Like To me, things have changed so much on the Steelers recently that I'm almost excited to see the Steelers take some positions that they traditionally don't do well at and really find someone good. Uh, my concern is we're going to draft an offensive lineman like that would have fit Mike Munchak and Todd Haley, right? And doesn't fit doesn't fit what what Matt Canada is doing. Uh, so that's that's kind of my thing. Is is I think a lot of times we're still looking at eyes of oh who worked out for us in the past, but there's different people evaluating. There's a different system in place than there was then. Uh, so I'm I'm very interested in seeing where the Steelers go and what kind of players they draft because it's a little up in the air now. We haven't seen a cornerback picked since Terrell Austin and, and since Minka Fitzpatrick came to the Steelers because they didn't pick one last year. Uh, and we haven't seen running backs like we we haven't seen running backs under Matt Canada get picked. Like this is there's it's very interesting to see. Obviously Anthony McFarland who he had, he had a hand with, uh, and it'll be interesting of course to see what he does this year. So I'm very interested in what the Steelers are doing and I think it'll tell us a lot about the Steelers going forward in the draft this season but it could be very different than what we're used to uh, I think we we will wrap the show on this super chat from Snowman who puts five dollars in the tip jar Snowman thank you for that he asked what would be a surprise pick at 24 be like for you um, like wow didn't see that coming Jeffrey I'll let you uh, answer that one first a quarterback if they pick a quarterback, I will be like, what? <laughs> I did not see that happening. That is insane. That's it. That's like the only position. Uh, obviously, a guard, a pure guard would be like, what are you even thinking? That's the only position you really have stable. Uh, but yeah, a, a quarterback would just shock me. I really don't expect the Steelers to get to take a quarterback early. Yeah, uh, I suppose if someone fell, like a Justin Fields or, or someone, I just <laughs> Justin can't even, Fields like, at twenty four, that'd be crazy. Like yeah. at, at that point, you're like, at this point, who can we even trade with? Like, who can you even trade down with? Yeah, <laughs> like, someone who took a offensive lineman top ten, like like they took Penny Sewell, and you're like, okay, I don't know, I, that would be insane. Yeah, I, I think for me, oh man, it, it's tough. Uh, I think a surprise would would rather be someone who would be more viewed as like a day two or a day three pick. Uh, Cause I like genuinely right now, there's not too much that would surprise me outside of a, one of the top five quarterbacks falling to 24. I, I couldn't see that happening. Perhaps a Christian Derisaw, although that's kind of the, the tackle that uh, to me is like, that could be the guy that slips. So I, I guess that wouldn't, wouldn't even be surprised to begin with. So Man, it really is a tough question because of how strange this year is. But I guess with all that being said, Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug before we get out? Yeah, we just dropped uh, – Dave had the idea for it. We did a vertex on Dave Schofield, the stack geek. Uh, he had an idea for just doing a vertex comparing Justin Lane and uh, James Pierre. And I'm glad he did. I got to watch film focused directly on James Pierre that I hadn't watched before. And – Wow, it's a I, I loved doing the vertex. Uh go go check that out on the website. Um and other than that, 
like seriously go if you are interested in these quarterbacks if you're interested in this draft class go check out uh the qb school go 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 out there and look at it it's good stuff yeah it really is outstanding uh outstanding content from jt so thank you to him once again for joining us uh when it comes to me, and if you want to continue uh, with some quarterback uh, Steelers content, I had an article drop a couple hours ago at the time of recording, um, just about uh, people's thoughts on whether or not they, they would, how they would feel if the Steelers took someone at twenty-four. So you can click over to behind the steel curtain to catch that, as well as some other breaking news and uh, uh, commentary, just anything you could dream of. If you're a Steelers fan, that's the place you want to be. Um, so make sure you're listening to the entire family of podcasts here at Behind the Steel Curtain clicking over to the website, following us on all our social media platforms. For my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.